<laughs> People's studio is a loft. That's why it's up there. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> Geographic realities we've all forgotten about. Um, <laughs> here we are in our Zoom boxes. Um, so I'll kick things off. Um, welcome everyone to the September 19th, 2022 meeting of the Alameda Open Government Commission. I don't know how it is mid-September already, but I hope you're all enjoying the transition into fall. And um, let's go ahead and start things off with our roll call. Madam Clerk, can you please take the roll? Commissioner Chen. Present. Camera. Present. Montgomery. Present. Telos. Here. Chair Lo Palato. Here. Five present. Okay, great, thank you. Um, so first up on our agenda would be non-agenda public comment. Um, Madam Clerk, do we have any speakers who would like to give public comment on matters not covered in this agenda? We do not, and we do not have any attendees. So it's just us so far. We'll see if anybody joins later. <laughs> I thought that was the case, but I figured I should go with the formality of asking. Um, <laughs> thank you. So next on our agenda would typically be complaint hearings. In section three, we have none tonight, so we can go uh, straight ahead into section four, the regular agenda items. Um, I don't think we need any changes to the agenda order, so we'll start with 4A, uh, which is reviewing the minutes of the May 2nd meeting and the May 18th, 2022 continuation of the May 2nd, 2022 meeting. So um, just to get back in the habits of our, uh, our structure here, I'll start this off by uh, asking commissioners if there are any questions on the minutes. Um, so rather than going person by person, why don't you go ahead and just raise your hand if anybody has any clarifying questions for staff about the minutes, then we'll take public comment and then we will comment on any uh, deliberations that we have or edits that we wanna make. So this would be just clarifying questions. Commissioner Tilos. Actually, more of a technical question than a clarifying question. Um, since I was absent for the second one, would we do two separate votes on the two separate minutes? Uh, you can. If you watched the meeting and read the minutes, you could also vote on it. But it's totally up to you. If you want to just bifurcate it, that's fine, too. Whatever works. Okay. So I guess Chair Lopalato, whichever you would like. Uh, do you have a preference, Commissioner Tilos? It's, uh... I'm yeah, happy I to split them up, or if you feel comfortable. Yeah, I did read the minutes for both, but I just feel, you know, uneasy about, you know, saying I agree to the minutes of the second one and not being a part of it. Sure, sure. I think that's a great call. Um, thank you for flagging that. Uh, we can bifurcate when we get to our vote. Um, does anyone else have any clarifying questions before we open it up to public comment? Okay, great. Madam Speaker, do we have any speakers on this agenda item? We do not. Okay. Uh, I see our participant numbers ticking up sometimes, but I think it may just be a technical Another assistance. Staff person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome everyone. So, um, okay, commissioners, do we have um, discussion on the minutes? I know I had a couple of very small edits. Um, did anybody else have any um, edits or issues they wanted to flag during deliberations on the minutes. Okay. All right. Um, I had just some, some very, very quick ones um, that are, I, you know, really just like possible typos that actually might like change the meaning of the, the comments if someone were only reading it. Um, so Madam Clerk on page 10, 
there's a recitation of options for decision under number four. It says complaint denied or unfounded. I think that should be complaint denied as unfounded. Um, and then on um, page 11, I think it's the third paragraph, there's a reference to encouraging the parties to resolve it formally. I think it was res resolved informally. So just opposite meaning. Um, and then on page 19, looks like there might be an internal note about um, not getting through claim two that I think might've just been left in the minutes there that should probably be taken out. Though I, I may have agreed with the sentiment, but <laughs> um, on page 28, uh, second paragraph, you can double check me on this, but I think there might be a typo where uh, I had said, Mr. Frazier contends he did not receive the email and the city was aware of his contention and did not refute it. Um, in the minutes, I think it says was not aware. Um, and so that is a little opposite distinction there. And then the very last one I have on page 30 in the fourth paragraph, um, I just wanna be sure we don't inadvertently leave in a misstatement of the law um, where I cited to the introductory language of municipal code 2-92.8D1 Please double check me. I may have swallowed some words, in which case keep it accurate. But um, I think what I said would have been um, section 2-92.8D1 requires cooperation with all members of the public making requests for law enforcement records, which would include at a minimum advising individual requesters when responsive records are available. So statute doesn't directly require advising individuals. And I just want to be sure if Hopefully I didn't say that and we can just keep that accurate. That would have been a much simpler hearing if the statute just said what we needed it to say. Um, that's all I have. Uh, does anyone have any other edits or would like to make a motion for approval of, first we will do the May 2nd meeting minutes. I'll make the motion that we accept the minutes of the May 2nd and the May 18th Open Government Commission meeting. We're going to split them up into two. So. Oh, all right. Well, I'll make a motion to approve the May 2nd meeting minutes. All right. Do we have a second? All <laughs> right. <laughs> Vice Chair Chen verbalized it. We'll go with that. Uh, Madam Clerk, can we take a roll call vote? All five members may vote on this one. Uh, Commissioner Canberra. Aye. Commissioner Chen. Aye. Commissioner Montgomery. Aye. Commissioner Tilos. Aye. Commissioner or Chair Lopalato. Aye. That carries by five eyes. Great. Um, and then can we take a motion if anyone would like to make it on the uh, May 18th minutes that were a continuation of the May 2nd meeting? Well, I'll step up and I will make that motion that we accept the May 18th continuation meeting minutes as well. Thank you, Commissioner Camper. Do we have a second? Commissioner second. Montgomery, I see a hand up. Madam second. Clerk? Excellent. Thank you. Madam Clerk, can we take a roll call vote? Commissioner Canberra. Aye. Chen. Yes. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos. Abstain. Chair Lopalato. Aye. That carries four to one. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Um, so moving I'm right sorry, along. Was it, it was four to it was one. Because Commissioner Tilos abstained. Abstained. So one is that a one or is that? One abstention. I should have clarified oh, okay. one abstention. Sorry. Thank you. Yes. Good clarification there. Um, thank you. So we can move into item 4B. 
um, discussion of the unfounded determination, uh, an item not heard on May 2nd. And um, thank you again, Commissioner Canberra for being willing to pull that back on May 2nd. Um, so just to orient everyone before we get started, um, staff or Commissioner Canberra, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, this was an item initiated by Commissioner Canberra under our commissioner initiated agenda items section in a prior meeting. According to uh, our bylaws, uh, section 6C, any commissioner can place an item on the agenda request section of the agenda and request the full commission take a vote to place that item on a future agenda for deliberation and action. Um, and so that's what happened here. The item uh, advanced from agenda request to the main agenda. And um, since Commissioner Camber introduced the item, he'll give us a brief presentation, um, which hopefully will include what the issue is, why it might warrant action from us and what he's suggesting that action should be. We'll ask clarifying questions, take public comment, deliberate, um, and uh, perhaps take some action on this item. Um, one more just quick note I wanted to make uh, that I think might make our discussion more efficient and robust. There's two items, commissioners, you might wanna have handy in front of you. Um, one is the memo from Commissioner Canberra attached to the agenda item, which he prepared, I think all the way back uh, in February. And um, the other is a copy of the OGC complaint procedures, which are referenced in the memo. They can be found on the city's website for the OGC. Uh, those complaint procedures, they have a definition of unfounded uh, in the glossary, which will likely be part of our discussion tonight. So um, Commissioner Camber, with that, do you wanna present to us on this issue? Great, thanks very much, Chair uh, Lopalato. Um, I wanted to bring this up because the penalty of unfounded is very severe. It is a five-year ban on filing any type of a complaint. And I know that in the past, this has been brought up in OGC meetings. And I thought it was worthwhile for us to um, review it now. Uh, the idea behind the Open Government Commission and the Sunshine Ordinance obviously is to promote more open government and encourage residents to engage with us. And a five-year penalty may uh, act kind of as a chilling effect on that. In looking back at some of the hearings that the OGC had had, there doesn't seem to be a clear articulable standard for what is unfounded. And at least one that I couldn't find. Doesn't mean there isn't one there, it just means that I didn't see it in my review. So the, the, the actual penalty was established back in 2011 when the council passed the Sunshine Ordinance. And my review of the minutes when the council has reviewed this, there was never a discussion as to the duration of five years. And I think it's important to review it now because back when there was a five-year penalty, the Sunshine Ordinance was different. It had a null and void provision back then and so a resident could file a complaint tie up whatever the action would be that the city wanted to do and then there'd be the null and void which would have to start the process all over again so the fact that we don't have a null and void i think is um, one of the things that we could consider when looking at that the other thing i think is consistency in its application so that when we decide that a complaint is null and void, or excuse me, is unfounded, we can actually look to some considerations. And I didn't have a lot of them. I wanted to kind of leave this open, but two that came to mind were, 
if you filed this complaint and you did not reach out to the city attorney's office to see to try and perhaps resolve whatever the dispute was on an informal basis, I think that might be some indication of a, a different intent in filing um, the complaint. And then the other is, and this is a little more complicated, but if a person ignores clear legal authority to the contrary of what the complaint is filed for, and again, elects to proceed forward anyway, those are two that kind of came to mind as factors or considerations. For those that are lawyers, I was not looking at a specific set of three or four that we have to go and say yes or no to, but it would be things that we would look at when we're saying, should this complaint carry with it a five-year penalty? And so I wanted to just kind of establish that as a baseline and see what all of my other fellow commissioners are uh, thinking about this. Thank you, Commissioner Canberra. Um, that, uh, that sets this up nicely for discussion. So um, commissioners at this time, I will ask you, uh, each of you have any clarifying questions for Commissioner Canberra or staff um, before we move on to public comment. And I'll just go in alphabetical order here. So um, feel free to come off mute if you'd like to be heard. Vice Chair Chen, do you have any clarifying questions? Um, You know, when I first saw the unfounded, it, it sounded like it was, you had to be just coming out from outer space to file a complaint. And um, since that time, we've talked about how staff can actually peel off complaints that are not complaint, I mean, not appropriate to be filed from the timeliness piece. Um, I'm just not, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm just trying to parse it out. Like in the ordinance itself, it does this unfounded thing. And then our, the commissioners felt like unfounded was a pretty serious charge, kind of a serious decision. So that's why we, we now have five different choices. And uh, usually a complaint is just, um, Denied, right? It's just. <laughs> Mr. Chen, I don't want to cut you off here. Do you have a question for Commissioner Canberra or staff, like out of the gates, or do you want to fold this into our deliberations? Yeah, I, I, I just don't know the difference. Well, I just think I need to know the difference between something that staff might just peel off versus what is what would make it through the gate. And then we all go, well, well how did this come through? It's unfounded. I, I'm just trying to see what that yeah. difference is, where that line in the sand is. So I'm hearing a possible question to uh, either Madam Clerk or Chief Assistant City Attorney about kind of the, what happens when a case doesn't get set for hearing, which is actually the topic of one of our later agenda <laughs> yes. items. Yes. Um, is, that, is that right, Vice Chair Chen, is that? Okay, uh, Madam Clerk, I saw your hand come up there. Yeah, I'd be happy.
happy to try and uh, they there have only been two complaints and we were going to also announce this on our staff update and we'll we'll get into it more then but there have only been two complaints that staff has found as not timely and it's because it's very clear that following a body's action the complaint has to be filed within 15 days of that action and therefore anything 16 days or later is what we would not schedule for hearing and it's only happened twice if that helps and i think um while it is under a different agenda item but but not substantively so much um chief assistant city attorney i wonder if maybe to further elaborate on vice chair chen's question um, <clears throat> if there's any other circumstances you'd like to list off well i would say um i would distinguish the the two as procedural and subs and substance so Procedurally are, um, I think the term you use is peel off Vice Chair Chen. So, um, and I think also Madam Clerk is referring to that, that if procedurally there is um, a defect in the way that the complaint uh, was filed, um, most likely the time of it, timing of it, um, those are complaints that may not come to the commission for a hearing. But as to the substance of the complaint, the meat of, of the complaint, if you will, um, that would be a, a consideration once it comes to the commission that you all would evaluate and determine whether or not the argument that is being posed and presented by the complainant, if that, the substance of that argument lacks um, sufficient teeth to, to be unfounded or not. Vice Chair Chen, feel free with any follow-up questions. I didn't mean to uh, curtail your line of thinking before. That, that was a great no, question. It's, it's, like I said, it's not, if we ruled something as unfounded, given what the choices that we have right now, it seems like it's kind of an egregious thing, but we do need to define it much better if we're going to do that. Yeah, I think we'll get into some some good discussion about that after public comment. Does anyone else have questions before we, Commissioner Montgomery? I have a question asked from Commissioner um, Canberra. Can I, I think you said there were like one or two or three choices. I'm a list person, and so can you list those things? Just just the list of things of what you thought were ways um, that we could go. Oh, factors? Just, just straight up the list, yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to throw it out for it. So one of them would be, did the complainant actually reach out to the city to try and um, resolve the issue that's coming before the Open Government Commission or at least engage in some dialogue? So there would be the possibility that it would never get to us and be unset and settled. So that would be one. And then if somebody is going to file with the Open Government Commission, it is a quasi-judicial proceeding and we have to follow the law and that includes all of the law. And I think in light of clear, uh, a complainant that clearly ignored precedent that would have come from the city attorney's office saying, look at this case clearly states that this is not a violation of the Brown Act, CPRA, or whatever it would be, and they choose to proceed anyway, then they would proceed at their peril. So those are two that off the top of my head, but again, this is a point we can 
Um, we could continue if people wanted to actually give it some thought to see what else might be a consideration. And once again, it isn't a matter you have to check three out of five boxes. It's just that when we're considering an unfounded, we'd be able to say, well, I believe that this should be unfounded because. Okay. And then I have one more question. Um, and I, I'm, I think it's for um, either the assistant city attorney or um, the city clerk. And that is like, do we, can we even do any, even if we thought it wasn't, there, there was something we wanted to change, is that within our venue within our within our grasp to change a thing such as those because we didn't create those right those those different findings like i think madam clerk can maybe speak to uh uh perhaps love madam clerk speak to our complaint procedures which do include a definition of unfounded which we uh which madam clerk actually created the, that definition i don't think we had that included in um, the procedures when we voted on it, but we could talk about procedures there and maybe Chief Assistant City Attorney could talk about um, what's in the Sunshine Ordinance, what we can't change there. Right, so the, the actually the definition um, is is what was clarified at the end and you guys kind of gave me a little leeway and I did work with the um, attorney's office on that. But the commission, when you did adopt it, you also did set, because you wanted to have more than just kind of two options. So you kind of came up with it and approved it in your complaint procedure. So there's, there's the five options, complaint sustained with cure and correct recommendation, complaint sustained without cure and correct recommendation, complaint denied, complaint denied as unfounded, and complaint dismissed on jurisdictional or procedure grounds, not a finding on the merits. And so then when we clarified the definitions at the end, um, in order to try and you know help help people out, um, you know, when reading through this and understanding what it could be, um, what we came up with denied as unfounded is uh, complaint rejected with the commission additionally finding the complaint lacks a reasonable or rational basis. If more than two complaints are determined to be unfounded within a 12 month period, uh, the complaint it is prohibited from filing a complaint for five years. So that was the the definition that we added after you guys approved it with the five options. Thank you, Madam Clerk. And so um, Chief Assistant City Attorney, you can correct my impression if I'm wrong here, but I think that like first sentence of that definition that um, Madam Clerk just read off is would be, be fair game for the commission to potentially massage and refine. Um, but yep. the statement of what's in the sunshine ordinance would not. Correct. I, I, when you say the first, oh, I'm sorry. When you say the first sentence, are you talking about the first uh, sentence or clause in the definition in the complaint procedure? Yeah. yeah. So complaint rejected with the commission additionally finding the complaint lacks a reasonable or rational basis. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that lacks a reasonable or rational basis. That would be a definition that we have the authority to add on to or change. Um, but then if you could also speak, Chief Assistant Attorney to um, Commissioner Montgomery, tell me if this captures your question, but like what's out of bounds for us, right? Like there's a lot we didn't create about the unfounded determination. Right, so, so what you cannot change, uh, though you could recommend to the council if you would like a more robust change, but if what you, what you cannot change on your own 
would be the penalty for um, for having two unfounded complaints within the time period. Um, that's something that's baked into or written into the Sunshine Ordinance. So you would need the council to make that kind of change. And I'll, I'll just chime in with a quick clarification because I've heard two different phrases used. Um, is it two complaints or is it more than two? More than two. To be prohibited, right? Okay. Yeah. I've seen it used separately. And okay. So we're actually looking at a, you've come to the commission twice. You've been told it's unfounded and at that point. Um, or no, actually the third, right? The it would third be then the third time, unfounded. Right? Yeah. More than, so three or yeah. more. So now we're all operating on the same playing field with that. Okay. Yes, it does say more than two complaints. Uh, Commissioner Montgomery, do you have any other clarifying questions? No, I think that answers my question because it really narrows what we have to talk about. I mean, there's some things we can't change, so let's just talk about the things that we can change or, um, or, or the things that we would like to forward to them for suggestions because we just can't automatically do some things. So let's do what we can and then move along. I love it. Thank you. Um, anyone else? Let's see. Uh, Commissioner Telos, do you have Yeah, no, no clarifying questions. I think, I think I get where we're going. Great. And Commissioner Camber, did you have any questions for staff before we do public comment and then deliberate? Oh, you're, you're on mute. mute. Sorry, the phone was ringing and the dog was barking all at the same time, so I muted it. Um, I just think that um, have a, uh, so um, Attorney McKenzie and I had a conversation about this, and I think we were both really clear that we did not want to have a, a a clear list that you had to do all five of these before you actually could determine it was unfounded. We didn't want to tie the commission's hands, but at the same time, uh, a person's reasonableness is relative. And so the idea that we would be able to articulate some factors as part of our procedure, if we were going to be determining one to have filed an unfounded complaint, I think is important. I think it gives notice to anybody that wants to file that there, this penalty and how it will actually play out. So that's why I thought it would be, be best for us to clarify it. And um, I think I'm, Happy to answer any other questions. All right. Um, thank you, Commissioner Canberra. I suspect we'll probably have some questions for each other as we get into our deliberations, but I think that probably can wrap up our clarifying questions on the presentation. Uh, Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public for public comment? We do not. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, well, let's uh, dig into our deliberation and, and possible action here. Um, who would like to begin? Vice Chair Chan, I know you were offering up um, some kind of thoughts and background earlier. I don't know if you want to kick it off or if anyone else would like to jump in. Um, I never turned down an opportunity to speak. But, uh, we, we have three ways to deny a complaint. We can just deny it, we can deny as unfounded, and we can deny on procedural basis. And ever since we clarified those three ways, 
I don't think we have a rule denied as unfounded because we recognize that it's kind of a huge slap in the face of someone who um, honestly came forward, we hope, honestly came forward uh, and felt that a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance had, had occurred. Like historically, um, since I happen to be a patient zero <laughs> and my complaint was the first one sustained, this issue had not come up before in the sense that no, no one has been kind of banished from filing complaints. Um, but it, it does make more sense that we have, the commission itself, commissioners ourselves have three choices to deny a complaint. Unfounded is one that we haven't chosen ever since we, we were provided with those choices. Yeah, I think that's, that's, it's, it's been helpful to have the delineation of what we're, uh, what our options are in a, a bit of a more clear way, but Commissioner Tulis? I'm thinking, okay, so yes, since we've had these five choices, we haven't come to a conclusion as one being an unbounded, but I do remember before we had these choices, we did have something unbounded and I sort of want to bring the question up, would it, if we had these five choices back then, would have that one still been unfounded? And it's, my memory's tough. I, I sort of remember the case, but yeah. I was wondering if any of the other commissioners remember, because I know we've used unfounded, but we didn't have these other choices, but I know we've used it. Yeah, I think you're referring to the, the Foreman case. Yes. Definitely. And I remember he came back in a meeting afterwards says, well, hey, if I do one more of these, then I'm banned for five years. And I think that was a mistake, too, because before just five minutes ago, I guess the magic number is three and not two. I always thought it was two and you're out. But now we're saying it's two or more. It's always 12. been three. <laughs> always been three. But I think it's, even it's more than two. Yeah. Yes, but I, how I had in my head was two. And I think um, Mr. Foreman also had in his head two, because I think he said in a meeting, he's like, if I get one more of these, then I'm banned. So that's why he was very hesitant in not filing the complaint. But um, Commissioner Canberra, do you, do you sort of remember why it was unfounded? I think that might help our discussion a little bit. Um. No, I don't know why yeah. it was unfounded, and I wasn't on the commission at the time, and okay. I don't recall, and somebody's going to have to jog my memory, because I think that was a February two years ago, and these um, five determinations, I don't believe, were yeah, we in didn't place at the time, right? Yeah, we didn't have these choices yet. Right, Yeah. I think what I remember most about that case, though, is that Mr. Foreman brought a number of legal authorities to the commission that were not specifically addressed. And so the legal side of that argument, I don't think was fully fleshed out. If I remember also, the city had uh, was represented by outside counsel as well. I do want to just... Chief Assistant City Attorney, chime in here. I, I don't know. I, I, I know that 
recalling factual circumstances that gave rise to an unfounded determination. That feels like fair game to me for this discussion, but are there boundaries we should keep in mind in terms of you know, I, I, relitigating things outside of the agenda item? Yes. I mean, I, I think your your concern is, is well-founded, sorry. Um, but it is, uh, I think this is fair game to have discussions about what was considered unfounded in past complaints. What you all don't want to do because it would step outside of what was agendized is is retrying um, um, a claim from from um, in, it was in early 2021, Mr. Foreman's complaint. Yeah, yeah. You're fine for now. Yeah, Great. I think it could be used simply as a demonstration of why there might be a need for this only. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Vice Chair Chen. I, as I recall, um, we we're going through the case and we decided that the, that we would, uh, we would deny, you know, we, we would not sustain the complaint. And then we asked uh, chief assistant city attorney, uh, what, how do you, uh, what's, <laughs> what's the choice, you know? And at that time it was like binary, either you sustain it or you, you know, deny it as unfounded. And so I felt a little taken aback. And I remember saying, wow, if, if I had lost my case and it was called unfounded, my feelings would have been hurt. <laughs> so because we were all, most of us were new, it, it just, it happened that way. Had we had the choice uh, as Commissioner Tilos asked, um, we might not have made that choice, but we, we did, we, we thought it was a binary thing. I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, personally, as I'm re recalling that whole hearing. Uh, Commissioner Montgomery, I saw some nonverbal cues of possible commentary. <laughs> I don't remember it exactly that way. So I just, I, I think without the minutes in front of us that I don't want to just, just that specific thing and I would rather us just stay on what we think the issues are around that what and what we can do if we want to do anything rather than going backwards because I'm like straining my brain trying to remember because um, I think that was like my first one of my first meetings was a hearing and I, I did have a list of, of options but I can't remember exactly what they were so unless I had everything in front of me from that meeting I don't want to kind of re try to repeat what we did or try to, you know, second guess what we did. We did, we made the decisions that we made because we made them, but about this other thing, what is the thing that really is bothering us? Is it because if somebody does it more than twice, they have, is it the five-year penalty? Is it is it the arbitrary arbitrary or arbitrary decision that it's unfounded? I'm not sure what it is that's bothering us about it and where we should where where is this aiming? I just need kind of more direction of where we're trying to go here. Sorry. Yeah, that's great. No, thanks, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, Commissioner Canberra, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, and please uh, immediately tell me if I'm not, but. Um, it sounds like one possible path for action could be, you know, as we continue to kind of evolve our complaint procedures, putting a little bit of a finer point on what 
unfounded means. And so what, what I'm hearing in kind of the, the non-exhaustive list of potential factors you were laying out that maybe there's room to, um, you know, add in some examples of a type of circumstance that, you know, could lead to a finding of unfounded in like a, you know, examples of cases which may result in unfounded include, but are not limited to. Right, exactly. And then like two or three factors. Um, And broad, it it could be described in broad language, just so that when any of us have to review one of these and say, this was really bad for whatever reason, it would be nice if all of us have the same criteria to say, yes, it was really bad. Yeah. And I think too, uh, one of the reasons I keep orienting to the complaint procedure is so that that language I think should be in the complaint procedure, which is given to anyone making a complaint so that that complainants are on notice immediately of the exact same, you know, framework that we'll be thinking through. Right. Uh, it definitely goes to our impartiality by being able to say that because, because occasionally we are going to get a complaint that is going to be very sensitive. And being able to have the confidence to make a determination by going through these factors and saying, yes, this and this and this, and this is why I believe it should be unfounded. Or it shouldn't be unfounded because it doesn't meet any of them, even though the reason we're getting the complaint could be a very sensitive issue, a decision that was made. But it gives us some confidence and foundation to make that kind of a determination. Yeah. Commissioner Montgomery. Uh, I, I also want us to remember that this commission is like fluid and it just, it turns over with every election, with every new appointee, um, you know, how we work. And um, we're not always going to know the past who, who filed for unfounded and, and is it future commissions job to know that about every citizen and how that you know so I, I want us to make sure that we're that we're talking just about the the issue and not trying to to foresee what some what a citizen or what some future commission should or should not know does that make sense yeah yeah commissioner Montgomery I think um what I'm hearing there is and and what I'm thinking too is, um, you know, really moving as far away as we can from factual scenarios from the past or, um, you know, thinking of a factor system that's very rooted in things that have come before us in the past, but really just looking forward and thinking what would give more clarity to the situation if we even need more clarity to the situation. Is that kind of, um, and I guess maybe there's sort of like a, I, I wonder, commissioners, should we do sort of an internal initial poll of is there is there a shared desire? Obviously, we brought this, this item up to the main agenda, so there was sufficient consider interest in talking about it substantively in some form or another. Um, I, I wonder if we can just get like a quick head nod or thumbs up. Uh, it doesn't need to be a formal vote around. Um, do we have sufficient interest in potentially taking some course of action to, you know, further refine or explain the definition of unfounded. 
Is that something that people want to continue with after kind of hearing in this discussion tonight? Can I step back for just a second yeah. and address Commissioner Montgomery's concerns? I think what she was referring to, and I concur, is that we don't want to um, in any way establish precedent by making decisions for future commissions because we found we made a decision that was unfounded. Um, so I want to make sure that it's not a precedent discussion. At the same time, and to Commissioner Montgomery's point, is that there are going to be many commissioners beyond us, and yet there still needs to be consistency in the decision-making process. And so while we wouldn't look to a previous case, or a future commission would not look to a previous case to say, well, yeah, we found that one was unfounded, what we would do, though, is we would look at these factors because they would be the same unless a commission changed it so that regardless of who the commissioners were, they would be having the same discussion, looking at the same factors going forward. And so obviously I brought this item, so I would like to continue it with the suggestion that maybe since we sprung this tonight and we're just having this discussion that we might wanna continue this item to the next meeting in order to give commissioners the opportunity to think a little bit about what reasonable might be and what we might consider beyond the two that I've suggested. Yeah, I um, I see Commissioner Chilos's hand up um, and let's, let's hear from you, Commissioner Chilos, and then I, I have an idea of yeah, where I we think, can move forward. You know, so I'm getting the theme that, you know, everyone thinks it's a steep penalty to get a five-year ban, but at the same time, from listening to commissioners, I feel that they think it's very steep to even call something unfounded now. And before, you know, we didn't have the other choices. So I think us and future commissioners with the other three choices would, you know, really have that in the back of their heads. It's like, okay, if I put unfounded, then it could give them that penalty. But I think you know, just my assumptions, but they would probably use something like just complaint denied because it is a choice now. So I feel like Commissioner Canberra, I think what you want is like, okay, what's the criteria that every commission co coming forward should use? And it's like, you know, you listed your three things like, you know, was it try to resolve? Did it meet this? Boom, boom, boom. And I like that. So every commissioner coming forward will say, hey, did checkbox one, two, three, four, five, does it meet this? Then the definition of what unfounded was, I like the language that either, I think it was city clerk or chief assistant city attorney brought up the very beginning of the discussion where it was like, it was irrational or it was this, this. I think I'm good with that language. And I think we marry that language up with your check boxes and I, I would feel we're good to go. Thank you, Commissioner Tilos. Um, yeah, so actually that's, uh almost identical to what I was gonna suggest here as a possible path forward, which is to clarify for everyone, um, again, we can't do anything. Uh, we can make a suggestion to city council if there's interest in addressing the length of the penalty time or anything like that. That's not where I'm hearing a lot of interest tonight. Um, what we can do is adjust the definition of unfounded that's in the materials that we've created, which is the complaint procedure which is uh, you know, the guiding document for individuals who are bringing a complaint forward, but also a document that we as commissioners can and should be using in making our decisions. It's a document that lays out the five options, the, all these things that we didn't have before. So um, 
I think we can potentially uh, to that language that Commissioner Tulis like that that is the language that's currently in our Rose up. Rose. Chair. Will Pilato, you're frozen. I mean, we're frozen too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> actually, who's frozen? Are we frozen? I'm not no, frozen. <laughs> right. Like there she is. She's back. Anyway, you're gonna have to say it over because you were frozen for like a good minute, 45 oh, seconds. No. Oh no. Oh <laughs> no. I was trying to tell you, you were frozen. <laughs> oh, and of course. Oh, great. Um, I, that's the first time in two years. Um, all right. I apologize about that. Um, hopefully this won't be too repetitive. Uh, <laughs> so where um, you stopped, where we stopped hearing you was that was pretty, you were saying that the language was already in. Great. Um, and that Commissioner Tilos suggested was pretty right on what you were going to suggest. And Freeze. Here we are. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Excellent recitation of the minutes, Commissioner Montgomery. <laughs> um, okay, I appreciate uh, your, your patience, everyone. Um, so what, what I was going to suggest is in our complaint procedures, we have that new, you know, we didn't have this in those earlier, uh, earlier complaint hearings that where we made unfounded determinations. We have a definition in there. It is um, you know, complaint rejected with the commission, additionally finding the complaint lacks a reasonable or rational basis. So lacks a reasonable or rational basis is the language we currently have. Um, perhaps what we should do is carry this item forward, uh, like Commissioner Camber is suggesting, uh, such that commissioners could add in some suggested language if people feel that there's uh, factors that maybe might be worth articulating uh, what I'm hearing from Commissioner Canberra is, and I agree with this, a desire to not make a very rigid box, but mostly just provide like a framework um, of, you know, these are some things that could uh, lead to this determination, uh, really speaking in general terms. Uh, Commissioner Canberra, does that sum up? Yes. And I wonder maybe do you want to make a motion? If we, I don't know if we need a motion, Madam Clerk, or if that's a... Um, to, to carry, carry the agenda forward. item forward? I think what you're what you're talking about is actually bringing back the complaint procedures to to rewrite the definition and kind of enhance that. So and allowing commissioners to filter in, um, you know, their ideas into that. Is that right? Yes, I think, I so. think so. Yeah. And it's occurring to me that with, with any luck later on our agenda, we may be bringing the complaint procedures forward. Um, <laughs> so perhaps there's a way to consolidate those items on a future agenda. But the complaint procedures were intended um, when I took a very heavy red pen to them. Um, the intention was for it to be a living document for us to learn and improve our processes as we go. So um, Commissioner Camber, I think this is a, a, good, uh, a good place to, to put that energy um, for the issue you've identified. Um, all right, does anybody else have anything further on this item that we need to address before we carry the item forward? Did we decide that we can just continue this agenda item to a next meeting or does it have to be re-agendized? I think it would be a new agenda item because you'd be um, addressing the complaint procedures. So we'd wanna put on the agenda that you'd okay. be modifying the complaint procedures to make it clear to the public what, what action you'd be taking at that meeting. Okay. And can we make a motion 
or, or is there a way to get that into, um, the four section instead of being bound, would that be bounced back down to commissioner initiated or can we just go straight to the four from here? Yeah, yeah. they would be a regular agenda item okay. returns. Yes. <laughs> so stuck on the numbers. Okay, great. Well, um, uh, commissioner Camber, I don't know if you want to propose any, it sounds like we've got a plan for what that language should look like, um, for the future agenda item. I don't know if you want to specify any wording for it, but I think we actually, to... I don't, I think the idea of letting all of our commissioners mill around with this thought for a little while and what, Factors would be reasonable or irrational, whichever way you want to approach it. And then we just share all of those at the next meeting, and then we can wordsmith our, our set of considerations. All right, that sounds good. So Madam Clerk, I think we're looking at future agenda item of review, discuss and potentially revise complaint procedure with attention to the unfounded definition. And then hopefully commissioners in that, you know, before the agenda comes out or in that week after we get it, but before the meeting, if folks can um, submit written correspondence, because I think we'll be looking at tinkering with language. So that's always helpful. Commissioner mm -hmm. Camber, if you want to reduce your um, factors into like a, a written suggestion, we can work off that when we get going. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it. Okay, great. Does that work, Madam Clerk? Yes, that works. And, and um, if anybody submits it directly to me, I can synthesize it ahead of time too. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Um, well, with that, I think we can move to item 4C, which is uh, discuss statutory regulations controlling the hearing process and opportunities to encourage parties to confer and attempt to resolve issues prior to the hearing. Um, so just to orient us, uh, I'll quickly share that the history which is partially laid out in the staff report. This item involves a proposal by Commissioner Canberra, um, came up back in February as part of our work on the annual implementation report to city council. Um, commission agreed to place it for discussion on a future agenda. I think that discussion happened in April. Commissioner Canberra already provided a presentation. We had a discussion then. A question was posed to the chief assistant city attorney of whether there's relevant case law that should inform that discussion. And tonight's presentation will be by staff in response to that request. Is that all correct? Um, hopefully that's right. <laughs> well, actually, technically I was a subcommittee that um, Commissioner Chen was on and I gave her that report. And so it was kind of her um, lead. I guess she took the lead on that. So just want to give credit where credit is due. Yes. <laughs> I do remember there was a, in our meeting, we had some synthesizing of like, what is the issue here? And that was actually one thing I wanted to sort of flag up front, which my recollection is that the report from February, the, the memo, which is attached to this agenda item actually covered a lot of stuff that I think ultimately was not in the scope of what we decided to continue discussing. Um, so anything staff can do to really frame and narrow what we're talking about here tonight um, and what actions are possible necessary would be really helpful. I think probably this is just a report back on, on case law, if I'm understanding right. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll jump in in that case. Um, from my review of the minutes from that meeting in April, which is when uh, Commissioner Canberra, I believe your staff report was, dis or your, your report was discussed. Um, there was some question, there was a, there was a, um, a robust discussion about various, um, there, about various touch points um, in which the 
um, complaint procedure. Um, um, anyway, there were there were there was a robust discussion. One of the points that came up, um, and this was in I think some questioning by Vice Chair Chen, um, was this issue of how does the commission evaluate when the clock starts ticking for the 15 days? And if you recall, um, I'm sure you all do recall, but for any of the public that's watching, um, there is a, the Sunshine Ordinance does have a 15 day time period um, within which a complaint alleging a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance must be file, filed. So in other words, um, if a um, member of the public believes that the Sunshine Ordinance has been violated, um, that person must bring a complaint alleging that violation within 15 days of the violation occurring. And during the discussion that you all had, there was, um, we, you all were talking about um, what happens when there is a Public Records Act request. And um, I believe that the, part of the discussion related to, well, when do we know if, um, if documents are not going to be produced or if they are being produced, when, when does the violation occur? Um, and my answer at the time was that we evaluate those um, or we recommend evaluating those on a case-by-case -case basis because sometimes it's not clear. Um, rolling productions of documents is permitted um, under the CPRA and the Sunshine Ordinance. So oftentimes what happens with the Public Act, Records Act request is that a requester seeks documents. Um, the requester gets a response back from the city saying, we have documents, we will be producing those. And then the documents uh, are, are produced on a rolling production, in other words, in, in batches. Um, so, that, that, that was my understanding from reviewing the minutes and my own notes that there was a question posed about, well, is there any sort of case law guidance out there, you know, reported cases that would give you all some direction about how better to um, define when does the clock start um, in a case with Public Record Act um, production or lack thereof in the case, as the case may be. Um, I am sorry to say, but maybe this will be good for you is because you have a blank slate that there is not yes. a case law <laughs> guidance. Um, in general, the, the Public Records Act um, does not have a lot of reported cases. Um, and even when somebody is bringing a public record, a CPRA lawsuit, a private right of action in court, um, the CPRA is silent as to the actual statute of limitations. It, there's a default that it's a three-year statute of limitations because it's a violation of a statute, but it's not a statute that has a ton of, of um, guidance on that. And unfortunately, the case law has not proved to be helpful in that regard. So um, that was a really long way of saying there isn't um, case law guidance. And that was that was your request of me. So um, I don't have any, so um, or it's not me who doesn't have any. The courts have not provided any. <laughs> Thank you, um, Chief Assistant City Attorney. That um, I think that was very helpful background to to reorient us also to the issue. Um, so since this is essentially a staff report, 
on an item from before. Um, it's in our regular section. I'm just thinking whether we go through our, may as well, Madam Clerk, should we go through public comment and things like that on this item? Do we need to? Yes, since this is agendized, you can, but there okay. is no public comment, so. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so I guess uh, to the extent anyone has clarifying questions that they for uh, Chief Assistant City Attorney that they want to cabin apart as clarifying questions, since we don't have public comment, I think it's okay if we have some questions merged into our deliberations here. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, I saw your hand up. I really wanted to have questions, but there was nothing to have questions about. <laughs> Not your fault, but <laughs> so yeah, I feel like now we make up our own minds. It sounds like there's there's space to do that. However, I think what we are grappling with, Advice Chair Chen, um, maybe you can speak to this a little in our deliberations. You know, right? We have this 15-day window, and that's what our ordinance says. And that is a challenging concept to apply in in situations like we've seen when records aren't disclosed and you know how we interpret that it sounds like there's no case law to guide us but um i don't know vice chair chen if you want to speak at all to the thoughts on where we might go from here if there's anywhere to go from here other than take it case by case i think that the when the original sunshine ordinance was written it was not anticipated this whole Public Records Act issue. I mean, mainly it was more about the, the, the other half of the violations, which is a failure to adequately notice things that are gonna appear on agendas. So the, the moving target of when have I not given you what you asked me for uh, is, isn't really addressed by a 15, a solid rigid 15 day um, timeline because you don't know when they haven't given you the stuff <laughs> or when you realize they haven't given it to you, can you file in time? So, so the ordinance was written just to address the fact of whether the city council or the board or the commission uh, failed to properly notify and agendize a meeting because that's, that's not a moving target the Public Records Act is a moving target. So if we wanted to, um, we could ask that the uh, Sunshine, that the city council look at amending the Sunshine Ordinance to address Public Records Act. What constitutes a Public Records Act violation under, under our, under our, under the island of Alameda, right? <laughs> Yeah, or, or um, maybe to, to narrow the question potentially even further would be um, a, perhaps adjusting the statute, the, the window of, of a time to file the complaint in the right. context of a Public Records Act complaint. Um, right. Because while we, while we don't know, you know what the motives were in the original drafting, I don't think any of us were actually part of the original, everything I reviewed on like the original task force and the complaint procedures, you know, it's, it's difficult to discern, you know, what some of the motivations were or where there was conscious thought put into things versus, you know, stock language. So um, to the extent that that 15 day window is geared towards ensuring that complaints about agendized matters are handled promptly, 
um, it seems like some more thought could be put into whether that timeline makes sense for Public Records Act violations. Um, does anyone else, we have, we have a vehicle for uh, reporting concerns like that to city council in the form of our annual implementation report, um, which we'll be discussing briefly in a matter later tonight. Um, does anyone else want to share any thoughts on this particular item or ask any other questions of um, Chief Assistant City Attorney Mackenzie uh, while we're on this topic? Vice Chair Chen. Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney Mackenzie, uh, in your research, um, or at least in our experience, most of the Public Records Act complaints come around asking for um, police records. And this has been a big issue nationwide from reading headlines in newspapers. And so I'm wondering if you touched up, if you chanced upon that kind of research about um, individuals asking for uh, PRA requests from, from law enforcement. Um, well, I was looking at the very specific issue of, of whether or not there was case law interpreting um, when a public record act request had not been complied with. So, um, I guess a short answer to your question is no. I certainly have, um, you know, I'm aware of um, the phenomenon that you mentioned that a lot of the, um, uh, many of the disputes over um, turning over public records relate to police records. But um, that, that unfortunately, the, the fact that there are a lot of conflicts in that area did not produce um, reported cases that helped, um, would have helped you all define, um, find some definition um, for in what you were looking for, i.e. whether uh, there is any sort of definition about when a Public Records Act request has not been complied with. Thank you. Um, Vice Chair Chen, anyone else have any other questions as I think this will be a topic that may come up in um, future work that we do, although I don't think there's any specific course of action um, under this agenda item, unless anyone thinks differently. Um, but I think we have our, our avenue to explore this now that we know the lay of the legal landscape. So um, this was productive. All right, hearing nothing. I say we can uh, move along then. Thank you very much, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Um, sometimes the, uh, the legal research that results in there's no answer is, uh, it is truly just as, just as informative as, as actually finding something definitive sometimes. So, um, okay, great. With that, I think we can move to um, item five, which is our staff update. Okay, I'll um, start with this uh, brief update and we do have a little, uh, slide to show. Um, so the, um, I just wanted to update the commission on a complaint that was received and not heard. Um, and so, uh, and this complaint is a public document because any complaint filed is of course a public document. Um, and so basically uh, what happened was is that this uh, group uh, found that an ordinance that was taken action um, on earlier in the year, uh, they filed a complaint about it um, because they felt 
it was being interpreted in a certain way at this point. Um, but the, the problem is, is that this was an action item on a city council agenda, and they therefore had the very strict 15-day deadline to file, and they did not file within that 15-day deadline. Um, so uh, the, the complainant, um, you know, was informed, and um, the issue actually has come back on future council discussions, and the ordinance is continuing to be amended, and the interpretation of is continuing to be, um, you know, addressed, and they haven't filed another complaint. Um, so, um, you know, now I think I can take down my piece, and I can hand it over to the uh, chief assistant city attorney if she wants to get into uh, kind of the legal reason um, that she can share with you guys on it. So let's see. Sure. Okay, so um, just to inform members of the public, I believe many of the commission the commissioners are all familiar with the basic dates, but uh, such a like the city clerk indicated, the complainant in this case um, alleged that there were two agenda there was two agenda items on two different meetings um, that lacked a meaningful description. Um, per the Sunshine Ordinance. So that was going to be the substance of, of the complaint, the would-be complaint, is that the, um, that the agenda item um, lacked a meaningful description. The issue and why this didn't, um, was not agendized for a complaint hearing was the following, that the two items, uh, the two agenda items were on the April 28th, 2022 and the May 17th, 2022 City Council agendas. And even looking at it in the most um, expansive way possible, the uh, latest possible filing date would have been June 1st, which was 15 days after that second meeting, the May 17th meeting. Um, the complaint said was filed on June 30th, so a month later. So uh, the city clerk in consultation with the city attorney's office concluded that it had um, the complaint had not been filed in a timely way. There was, it was not a close issue. Um, the argument that was alleged by the complainant to allow um, a late filing um, was not legally supportable. The, the argument was in essence that um, the complainant didn't understand the impact or have full appreciation of the impact of the ordinance until um, mid-June, meaning that uh, under the complainant's um, line of reasoning, um, that because he didn't understand that the ordinance um, would have applied to him or his company until um, June, uh, June 17th, that he then had a, 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 the 15-day clock started on that time. Unfortunately, that's not a legal interpretation that's found within um, Sunshine Ordinance at the Sunshine Ordinance in Alameda, nor any um, uh, statewide public meeting laws. Um, and in practice with the cities, the city has a practice of enforcing deadlines beyond just the Sunshine Ordinance, um, such as um, appeals from um, um, like planning the planning commission. Um, we don't we don't extend ten day or time periods, um, or bring that item to the city council for a determination of whether or not a late filing is permitted. That's just not something that is done by the city. So um, the city attorney's office um, concluded in consultation with the city clerk that 
um, we were not going to schedule this complaint for a hearing because it had not been timely filed. So we never reached, we never brought the substance of the complaint to you because they had not complied, the complainant had not complied with the um, procedure outlined in the Sunshine Ordinance. So that is the um, staff update. Those are, I think that was the only item I had to update. I don't know if city, Madam City Clerk had anything additional. And, and that was it for us. And since um, this is just our update, it's um, not open for discussion, but this item kind of does uh, fall under, um, you know, the upcoming agenda item. So uh, it all kind of overlaps tonight, it seems. So you'll, you'll have more opportunity to continue your discussion tonight um, on other items. Excellent. Thank you both. Uh, very informative and helpful and nice to just um, share things in this this public space as well. So I appreciate you bringing that into the, the staff update item there. And um, yes, it's a good sign that we are going in the right direction when our items are overlapping because it means we're dealing with issues that actually impact other issues. So good use of our time. With that, I think we can go into um, section six. Uh, I think we're, I, would, I would offer to take a recess, but I think we're gonna be able to get through these really quickly. So um, uh, since they're my items, I think we can do it in 15 minutes, probably. Uh, hopefully that works for everyone. Obviously, wave a hand if you need a break. Um, so in um, section six, uh, for the, the benefit of the public and everyone, these are our commissioner agenda requests. So um, tonight we have two items, both of which are mostly housekeeping on ongoing tasks. So item 6A. Uh, we can begin now. That's um, consider agendizing the formation of subcommittee for drafting annual implementation report to city council and discussion of potential topics in form of report. So um, since I uh, initiated that item, I'll give you the briefest of orientations to it. And um, then we could take public comment if there is any. And then the action is simply to vote on whether to agendize the item. We won't be getting into it substantively tonight. Um, just determining if there's sufficient interest to carry it forward. So um, by way of a presentation, I will just say I put everything into a memo. I hope everybody got a chance to read it. Uh, it looks like it was sort of pasted into the agenda as in that space where the staff report would typically be. Um, just to be clear, that memo you see in the staff report is, is what I submitted that's up for consideration. Um, it's not a directive from staff. It's just a, a goal from me of um, as your chair trying to, to move the ball forward with um, forming a subcommittee of one or two to uh, take on the process of preparing that annual implementation report. Um, I think in the future agenda item uh, where that ideally will take place, uh, we could also discuss, um, find my memo here. Uh, we could also discuss the related items of suggestions on what should go into that report. Um, if this agenda item were to come back on, that could be something people could submit as written correspondence to keep things efficient as well. Um, I made some suggestions in the memo around, really, I think the scope of this year's report would be a lot more narrow than it was in the past and um, in the goal of hoping to uh, keep the workload as light as possible for whoever uh, takes on the heroic effort of being on this subcommittee, it will be less heroic because potentially we could even utilize a template and I put a suggestion for that into the memo, um, all of which could be rejected, tweaked, revised, approved at a future uh, agenda item. 
if folks think there's a sufficient reason and interest in doing that. So um, with that, I'll go ahead and conclude my presentation. If anybody has clarifying questions for me or staff, um, happy to take those. And then uh, we can take some public comment and uh, deliberate and vote on whether to, uh, to carry this forward to a future agenda to talk about substantively. Does anyone have any questions on this item? Vice Chair Chen. Um, I'll, I'll let uh, Commissioner Camera go first. Yeah, Commissioner Camera. Oh, well, thank you, Commissioner Chen. Um, this is a statutory requirement, right? We, we actually don't have the opportunity to say, no, we don't want to discuss this item or do this. So um, that short answer is, I'm ready to go forward with this item. Right. I, I, I appreciate fellow commissioners enjoying complying with the, yes, my yes. interpretation that I did confirm with, I believe multiple members of the city attorney's office when I first stepped into this role was, hey, it looks like there's this thing we're supposed to do. Is yeah. this really yes. correct? Because um, it hadn't been done in prior years. And so um, at the beginning of this year, we saw the tail end of um, former Vice Chair Shabazz and current Vice Chair Chen's uh, significant work uh, trying to catch up for 10 years of this had, this report having not been prepared. And so I think we're in a much uh, simpler process of, of moving it forward. But yes, I my my read is that we, we're obligated to do this and we should carry it forward. It's also an excellent vehicle for us to... Um, communicate concerns and issues that come up. Vice Chair Chen, you had your hand up too. Well, I wanted to suggest the inclusion of uh, aggregated data about the PRA requests to be included in the report. And I, of course, would love to ask um, Madam City Clerk if she could assist whatever subcommittee was doing that in that. Uh, I know that we have the, the big database now of PRA, PRA requests, but for commissioners or the public to get a gestalt of what they all looked like last year, they'd have to pile through the whole of them, right? So if, if, if in our annual report, we could sort it all out and say there were 100 requests to public works, you know, and they were all resolved on time. And if there was anything interesting, you might pull something out, but it's just so people know that all these things are happening in our city government and we're trying to be as transparent as physically possible uh, within our own limitations, but to just aggregate that data and have a report because we had a report when we first started uh, a, year, a year ago, was it a year ago? Was it two years ago? Anyway, we had that report of, you know, there were this many requests and these these were the outcomes of those requests. So I like to see that as part of this report uh, with assistance from staff in, in including that. Madam Clerk, you could speak to that now or we can carry it into the, assuming we have a interest for the future agenda item of topics to include in the report, it could be part of that discussion. Yeah, so um, the, the, the Applying the, um, I, I want to make sure that the, we started in August of 2021 with the next request. And so um, we can, you know, 
base it like on the year August to August or like that, that would be my main question is it'd be easy to pull um, the data, you know, from the next request and let you know, you know, the highlights and, and give you a, a big picture of, of what, what has come in since um, it'd be easy. I would just need to know the time frame. So. I wonder, I could offer this up um, in order to keep these reports, you know, limited to um, the year, like I, I would love to see that, you know, the annual implementation report really refer to things that happened in that calendar year, right? So this would be the report on what happened in 2022. And so um, it sounds like perhaps in carrying this agenda item forward, uh, we can include an emotion on that, that one of the topics that would be discussed at the future meeting would be the inclusion of perhaps, Vice Chair Chen, tell me if this would cover what you're thinking of, like the 2022 data from next request as part of implementation of the Sunshine Ordinance. So we could do it from January 1 to the end of the year and then the report would actually be published in you know, January or February, 2023. Would that work? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, I'm happy to take questions on the concept. <laughs> I think we've all kind of got it. Uh, I don't know, Madam Clerk or Chief Assistant City Attorney, how much leeway we have to really dive into topics to be considered in this agenda item, or if we need to save that all for the, the future conversation. My, my understanding and looking at the agenda item was that this discussion was only supposed to deal with whether or not there was a majority of the commission that was in favor of bringing this back to a future meeting at during which time there would be discussion about um, forming a subcommittee and talking about what type of topics would be in the report. So I would advise that the topic, your discussion tonight really focused narrowly on is there interest in bringing it back for a more robust discussion? Perfect, thank you. Um, all right, Commissioner Montgomery. Are we taking motions now? I was just gonna say, if anybody's got a motion, I'd love to hear it. Okay, um, I'll move that item 6A be brought forward to our next, an agenda, agendize for our next meeting. Do we have a I'll second? second. Thank you, Commissioner Tulis. Madam Clerk, can we take a roll call vote? Commissioners Canberra. Aye. Chen. Yes. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos. Aye. Chair Lopalato. Aye. That carries by five eyes. All right. Be back next time and we'll use that same memo to work off of. So we've got our roadmap. Everybody can take a look at it, you know, well in advance of that meeting. Um, great. Thank you. Commissioner Montgomery, your hand is still up. Anything? Okay. <laughs> All right, with that, <laughs> all right, with dancing, we can move into item 6B, which is consider agendizing, wait, no, is that right? I must have pasted the wrong thing here. I apologize, friends. Um, consider agendizing revision of the Sunshine Ordinance complaint procedures to clarify the pre-hearing complaint process. So um, this is another one we could get through very quickly. Um, Though I am listed as the initiator here of this particular tangible item, given credit where credit's due, I initiated the item um, based on a concern actually raised by Commissioner Canberra. Um, so I'll just give a very brief orientation to it. Um, 
So really it's, it's actually a very simple issue. I apologize. There's not a background in the staff report. Um, <laughs> we're just looking at the addition of uh, three and a half sentences for our complaint procedure on this one and whether there's interest in discussing that, uh, discussing that at a future date. So it uh, looks like we're already going to be looking at our complaint procedure in a future agenda, which is great. Um, just to give the background very quickly, uh, I guess this is, this is my presentation technically. Um, so we uh, had that complaint come in. It was ultimately not set on our calendars for a complaint hearing. Um, the chief assistant city attorney had uh, determined it was time barred in full. So we uh, discussed whether that is adequately described in the complaint procedures. And that is the, the origin story of how you come to see this redlined version of a complaint procedure before you uh, in the agenda today. So um, essentially we were looking for a way to um, possibly describe better uh, this step that occurs uh, in determining whether an item is set for hearing, which we just discussed at length in the staff update. So everyone should be pretty thoroughly prepared on that. So without getting into the substance of it, um, in this agenda item, I think we can take clarifying questions about the, I guess, redline version of the complaint procedure that you see before you, which is, uh, again, just to, like draw everybody's attention. We are only looking at a possible edit under section B, filing a complaint, step four and five. There's some additional language that we've drafted in there. Um, and we would be deciding at a future meeting whether or not to adopt that language or revise it or reject the idea entirely. Um, but all we need to do today is uh, hear any public comment and deliberate on whether we want to uh, bring this item back. So uh, with that, does anyone have any clarifying questions about this topic? Okay, great. Madam Clerk, do we have any public comment on this item? We do not. What a surprise. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So uh, we can deliberate, or I would certainly entertain a motion to bring this relatively administrative item onto our regular agenda in the future. Yeah, I'll make a motion to bring this back to our agenda for the next meeting. Second. Thank you, Commissioners Tewis and Montgomery. Uh, Madam Clerk, can we have a roll call vote? Commissioners Canberra. Aye. Chen. Yes. Montgomery. Yes. Telos. Aye. Chair Lopalato. Aye. That carries by five eyes. Excellent. Well, commissioners, perhaps in record time, we have made it through the bulk of our agenda. We are at section seven, commission communications. Um, this would be the time where commissioners can uh, share any pertinent thoughts. Uh, obviously, nothing of major substance. It's not agendized, but wanted to open the floor. Does anybody have anything to report back? All right. Oh, Vice Chair Chen. Oh, I just wanted to give a shout out to Chairperson Lopalato for uh, it, it a lot of time to put together the agenda and a lot of the content that you've put out. And um, it really moves us forward. I mean, I think the commission is, you know, uh, last, the year before was just all of us just trying to figure out how to make things work. And, uh, handling 50,000 complaints <laughs> at the same time, but those informed us as to how to improve how we work as a commission. 
and now um, you've, you're, you're bringing us to the next step. And I just wanted to, to give you props for that. Thank you, very kind. <laughs> yes, de definitely agree. Uh, you brought a lot of structure and efficiency, which we all really, really appreciate. We are, uh, we are shared efficiency appreciators. Um, yeah, and this is, uh, it's been uh, lovely to, to work as a team on improving all of our processes. So I appreciate all the, the insights that everybody's brought to that and everyone's willingness to, to change the playbook a little bit when it needed improvement. So um, I think that's been, and, and definitely city staff has been wonderful resources in this. So thank you, Madam Clerk and Chief Assistant City Attorney as we collectively work to improve our OGC procedures and Sunshine Ordinance interpretation and all of the, the many things that this commission is actually tasked with. So um, excellent, thank you, Vice Chair Chen. Does anyone else have any commissioner communications before we close this section of the agenda? All right, um, with that, we could revisit non-agenda public comment, but I'm guessing there's none. So I think we are ready to adjourn. It was a pleasure oh. to see you all again. Oh yeah. Come so we're looking you. at, is it the first Monday of October? Is that the next one? That's a good point to bring up. I think Madam Clerk, since it's so close in time, do we? Go to November or do we go October? I know we have some to-dos as commissioners as well. Uh, Commissioner Canberra, and I think you might be raising a point. Yeah, I just want to raise a point in this discussion is that there may be some people after this election that may not be around in January, depending on how the election goes. So I think it might be beneficial to move this forward as quickly as possible on these agenda items. Yeah, my, my council person is not running again, so that, that'll be... That'll be the end of that. <laughs> there's definitely, yeah, there's, uh, and actually there's, uh, and that's something we need to build into our implementation report preparation, which you can see in the memo. But um, I think that really the question, it makes sense, I think, to, to have a meeting in October. I think the question is just, are we obligated? Because I know that there, somewhere, there was a reference to a meeting in February and October. So those were like the mandatory meetings. Is that designated that it needs to be the first Monday? Should it be the first Monday? Should we attempt to... I think, I mean, as, as staff, I think we can turn around the agenda and get it done for your uh, October 3rd meeting. So it can be a regular meeting. Um, you know, it'll go out uh, Monday the 26th and, and we can, I think, make that happen. And if any commissioners want to submit anything to me before, we can do that. Probably the minutes won't be on there. Um, might not be enough time to get through the minutes with everything else we have going on in our office, but your agenda items will return. And I just want to disclose that... Um... Um, we, I would find another attorney. I may not, I'm going to be out of town on, on the third. We're, we are returning that evening. It's possible I'll be back. Um, but I, if not, I would have another, uh, one of my colleagues join this meeting, um, in my place on the third. I am actually in a similar boat, uh, chief assistant city attorney. Uh, so I, I, but I'm thinking that if we were to push the meeting out to mid-October or, you know, three or four weeks from now, that would then trigger special meeting requirements. Would that be challenging? Um, I don't know, other commissioners, do you feel ready to reconvene so soon or is there interest in moving the timing a little later? We can also take this over email. I'm not seeing a lot of 
I'm happy to pull the commission. Week? Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that we could push it a week so that Chief Assistant Attorney McKenzie could then be sure to join us? Yeah, Madam Clerk, how about we do uh, an email poll of availability and um, if there's a date that aligns very well for everyone. Um, I'm not getting a sense based on participants at this meeting that there's you know, a vast audience of people clamoring to, to be present only on that first Monday. So you know, we can um, think through those issues offline. And, um, but, but I think meeting in October makes sense. So we can all be sure to reconvene before the uh, changes that may or may not occur. All right. Okay. Thank you, everyone. With that, thank you. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.